Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Brett Bauman, and he is with the Brett Bauman Companies. Welcome, Brett. Thank you, Lee. Great to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about your practice. How are you serving folks? Yeah, you know, it's been uh, extremely busy, and I feel very blessed over the past couple of years, especially with uh, the economy and the things happening with covid Uh, You know, primarily I work as a life coach and a business coach, but most of my work, I work with uh, what I call overwhelmed and uh, stressed or stuck entrepreneurs, trying to help them uh, keep their business doors open and help them keep growing and thriving during uh, challenging times. So now, have you seen some commonality amongst your clients that they struggle in the same areas? Yeah, uh, you know, it's, I would say it's, it's usually there's a theme between a couple common things. I typically feel that it's either, uh, People don't build their brand the correct way. By that, what I mean is uh, maybe they started from a scarcity point, like maybe they worked another career and jumped over to start something new or, you know, said, hey, in general, I'd like to be a coach or a consultant or this person. And they just start kind of doing what everybody else is doing, which is too general. And the other thing is uh, not believing in themselves and and taking risks and uh, challenging themselves to continue to grow, which keeps you stagnant. And, uh, you know, again, fear-based thinking, which is not going to create prosperity for you in the end. So now any advice for that coach, maybe it's like you described, maybe they are, maybe they were kind of achieved a certain level of success working for a big corporation and then they get laid off or maybe they retire or maybe they just want to, you know, kind of do something different and shake up their life. But they said, okay, you know what? I've been doing this kind of work anyway. Um, I'm going to now be a coach and I'm going to share what I've learned to uh, new folks. And do you, you find that they're, too general, like they're just, instead of kind of maybe uh, going after a niche, they're just kind of trying to solve everybody's problem? Yeah, absolutely, Lee. You know, my my uh, my structure, my format that I approach with my coaching, I have a trademark process called the IDOU. And the first step I take with any executive, any entrepreneur that's working with me when they want to get started is helping them understand that everything you build has to come from the inside out. And what typically people do, I see, is they look at what someone else is doing and try to copy it. Or they say, oh, I want to be a coach or a consultant. Let me do this thing. And they start modeling after someone else, which is it's fine to take the structure and say, hey, here's the box that I have to check. Good to have a book. Good to have social media and a presence. Good to have a website. But, but then you got to make it identifiable to yourself. It's got to be your passion and purpose and speak to your specific target audience and brand. Um, when you do that, what it does is you get in, in touch with what I call your, your kind of core principles, the core drivers that make you who you are. And it's not saying, you know, oh, I want to be a coach. It's like, what about coaching? How are you going to execute that? Like my my specific drive and my niche is helping people determine that passion and that purpose so they can be fulfilled and therefore use that as a guiding uh, a guiding light for how they design their services or offering, who their target audience is and how they develop content uh, or monetize that down the road to grow. So now when they're, when it gets to the point where they're going to market themselves, they obviously, if they don't have kind of a clear 
position and in the mind of their prospect, it's going to be difficult to build marketing around that, right? So that is a foundational element is kind of building this. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. And this is who I am going to target. Um, Absolutely. Right. You have to start there because everything else is then you're just kind of burning money guessing. Yeah. Yeah, And you become again, like if you look online, that's why when you go to look for stuff, there's so many so much general information. You look up a business coach, a life coach, a coaching, anything, you're going to find so much typical information about setting goals, getting started. You can find millions of things about that. What people don't do is give their specific recipe, formula, or their weapon for why you would do that and how, which differentiates you. That way, not only can people see, oh, I see why you're different. I specifically relate to this. This speaks to me. But it's also how people find you. Um, if people are searching just for coaching or help, it's going to be very generic. But if somebody says, I need help to grow my business because of this or something, you're going to find people that are going to identify with you and say, this is exactly what I need. And it's less that takes you away from selling and gets you more into executing the results. Now, you mentioned early uh, earlier about maybe sometimes people approach this with uh, kind of a scarcity mentality or a fear-based mentality it's almost like they're they're afraid that they're going to leave money on the table or they're going to miss an opportunity so they don't want to exclude anybody but i'm hearing you say that you, the tighter the better like you it, it's better to start very granularly and expand mm-hmm. out from there rather than trying to boil the ocean yeah it goes back to that old saying you know jack of all trades master of none um you know most people will will like you said, be afraid of closing someone out, you know, missing a sector or being too specific. But what happens is they're thinking one track. They're thinking, if I create this, everyone will read it, need it. But then what happens is what everybody's doing. And then you're competing against every other person in your industry. Whereas if you define yourself and your brand and get clear on what you specifically do and how, how it differentiates, uh, then people can look and say, oh, that's different or that's specifically what I need. And I now I understand how you would help me specifically versus just in general, and you're not getting on the phone with someone that's speaking to 10 other coaches or consultants and then weighing out, you know, basically how the conversation went versus your your ability to produce. Now, how do you help the folks kind of narrow it down? Like what's too narrow? Like if I said, you know what, I am an expert at coaching firemen. Oh, that's great. And then I'm like, no, I'm only good with redheaded firemen. And I'm only good with redheaded firemen in Wisconsin. You know, like how, how niche is too niche Great question. You know, the way that I do that is it's kind of reverse engineered answer. What I what I have my clients do is I have them de- determine who their audience is, who they want to help, like what they want to do, and then go and, and do research as to specifically how that audience is looking for their help. Where are they going to? What websites are they using? Are they using Forbes and Inc. and Entrepreneur? Or are they using something like Psychology Today or Better Health? Are they looking for therapeutic help for their mindset? Are they looking for help to pivot a business and a strategy? And so if you find the keywords and the exact search phrases people are searching for, then you can determine this is how I'm going to speak to my audience. And you can develop your content based on that so that everything you do is clearly answering a problem your audience already has instead of you trying to pick out what it is. Like if you were to say fireman with red hair, you're coming up with that because that's what you're choosing to do. Your audience may not be that way. Maybe no firemen have red hair. You need to go out there and find out. Who are the firemen or what are they looking for? What's the problems, the pain points, and then answer those. And then through a a balance of back and forth, creating, uh, you know, content, 
putting it out and then running analytics to see how your responses are. It helps you refine the process and you can become more and more niche in that. But it really has to start with what your audience needs. And then the other part of that that's important is what you want to do. <laughs> I watch a lot of coaches build companies, again, based on what other people are doing, and they don't want to be doing it. They want to be a coach, but they don't necessarily want to be doing the services they create. And then what's funny is the service you don't want to do is the one you'll be doing all the time. And you get stuck doing it every day, every week, every month, and you're miserable. So make sure what you're going to do is what you're passionate about and what your people are asking for. Now, is your go-to-market strategy usually include some type of thought leadership and content or is it something where you work uh is it better to have partnerships and kind of uh people working together collaborating how do you kind of determine the marketing plan yeah great great question i it's really a mix of all of that so a d all the above lee you know in order to do it i believe especially if you're starting out if you're well established been in the business for a while or got a good presence online collaborations are not as important collaborations are going to pull you up on the expertise of someone else and broaden your audience. So they're always great to do, but if you're established, not as necessary. For someone greener or starting out, then absolutely. The more you can learn and grow with somebody and uh, share their audience, the more that'll give you more eyeballs on what you do. But you definitely need to start creating content. And the way I do it is I say your content should be made and uh, translated to be for your art, for your blog. You need to have social media and you should be looking for publications and then also some some radio shows like this or podcasts you can do. And you want to, again, speak the same brand and be answering across the board all those same questions. This is my audience. and This is their pain point. So when somebody reaches out and says, hey, we have a show to do on this, you can say, I can speak to this because this is what I do exactly. This is in my niche. This is my my wheelhouse. Now, um, as part of the strategy, you mentioned publication. So having some effort in PR and being published yourself in um, more traditional publications is a strategy as well in, in terms of building up your credibility? Absolutely. You know, there's, the, uh, there's just the audience looking, first of all, that's going to build trust. You know, it's going to give you that level of expertise. Basically, I look at it this way. You need to be your audience, the people that are looking for your help, need to look at what you're doing, read it, and say, okay, I trust this person. By listening to them, they're clear. And just in their conversation, just reading this article, I can see that I'm already changing the way I think. On the other side, it's important to look for things that are credible. Again, the, the more popular the website, the show, the thing is, the more that's going to build traffic and ranking for your website, which backs up the match between the content that shows this person's talking about this and people are searching it and they're finding it. So you've got the, uh, you know, what's happening in the mindset of your target audience and then what's happening operationally and technologically online to grow your brand. Now let's go back in time to the beginning of your coaching career. What Before you had a coaching client, what was the strategy to get that first client? What was that? Did you go through any of that imposter syndrome? Like, hey, who am I to be coaching somebody? Did you have any of that kind of fear um, that, you know, we're trying to help other people get through? Or was this something that you were just pretty confident and you just went boldly forward? You know, I was I was fortunately, I, I was confident. But here's the thing. It's because I grew it organically. Um, I started out managing people. Uh, I was working in corporations, working in companies where I was managing people. I was a leader. I was a sales trainer. 
And so from inside, I was developing people and I started being asked from other companies to come and do the same. So I started working more and more with executives, more and more with managers, sales team, internal. And then what I realized was uh, I wanted to do it also on my own so that I had more flexibility and structure. And therefore I could do, I could go into a company and work with them in that uh, style, but I could also set my own frame and again, develop the things I wanted specifically my way. And therefore, uh, and to kind of answer what I would suggest coaches do is determine an industry or two you're good at. When I started, what I did was I was very good with mortgage insurance and I did a lot of stuff with uh, car dealerships and they're always looking for people to come in and talk. They'll give a 45 minute hour long talk, you know, and just talk to a bunch of people. You got anywhere from 10 to a hundred people in a room. Um, this gives you practice. It starts building expertise. You can get a list. I had every single person give me a review of how I did and give me a testimonial. So now I'm building credibility. And then out of every one of those experiences, I'd have one or two people start saying, Hey, do you do anything outside this? And that would turn into people asking me to be a coach rather than me sitting at home going, okay, let me grab the yellow pages and start dialing. Um, people were already coming. I started to see between the reviews, the experience and how many were contacting where I needed to adjust or refine. And then um, as you kind of expanded, you moved from uh, coaching individuals to coaching companies. Like how are you discerning the difference between like training a company like you would like if somebody brings you in to do a talk or a training to working with a specific individual? Your your firm handles, you know, it's again, all of the above. Yeah, well, so what I've done now, you know, it's been an evolution. I've been this for you know, 22 years, so I've evolved through it. And, you know, it's primarily been what I've wanted to do that I've adapted. Also, you know, the call of the wild, <laughs> what's been going on in the world. You have to kind of look at what's, uh, you know, what people are looking for again. And so basically what I do right now is I primarily work with executives. So high level executives, um, because I like taking on those high level strategic problems. So uh, I will either work with an executive one on one. And I'm guiding them through a whole life approach. So I never work with anybody just on one thing, because if you're just focusing on business, the rest of your life is going to fall apart. So we kind of look at all that together to make sure that everything is support is supporting each other and creating a momentum to your future in all areas. But beyond that, based on the experience with that executive, um, typically they will want me to come into the company and start kind of either facilitating a role or helping solve problems. And I go end to end from either training and marketing development, hiring all the way down to operations or executive coaching. And so uh, my, my kind of fix right now, my structure is primarily executive coaches working on leadership and peak performance. And then uh, I will have a handful, maybe two, three companies that I'll be consulting specifically uh, where it's a broader scale to the whole company's uh, approach and success. Now, are you finding since you've been doing this a minute uh, that companies are getting more comfortable and more bought into the importance of coaching, not just for the senior leadership, but kind of uh, trickling down to more more of the everyday employee? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's great that, number one, there's just uh, there's just so much information It's becoming, you know, it's becoming common knowledge that having a coach is a benefit. I mean, there's I can't find a single bit of information in the world anywhere where it says somebody had a coach and they did worse. Um, you know, any two heads together are better than one. And so it's, it's the ideology, the methodology is becoming more popular and understood. But this is, again, where it's important to make sure that you're on brand with your message and know what you want to offer. Because then if you can build the credibility, I always tell everybody every single day you should put at least one gold brick in the road to your future. So every day I'm putting out an article, a podcast, a, a 
you know, something out of something I'm doing that is letting people know about what I'm doing. And it always has value. It's always building my credibility, but providing takeaway value immediately. That means when these companies look online, they're finding information constantly that can help them so that when they look, it's not just trying to sell somebody into the opportunity. It's saying, hey, here's something you can take right now and you can go use this and change your life. And so I think there's enough of that out there now where when people start to look, they go, wow, just in reading this is starting to change my mind. Just in doing this, I see there is potential. And that lowers the bar for people thinking the risk is too high to take the chance. And uh, it's become more and more, uh, more prevalent and easier to get in the door every place. Now, can you share a story um, uh, where you had an impact that you were most proud? Maybe it doesn't have to be the most dollar amount necessarily, but the one that you're most proud and the one that maybe took a company to a new level or took them to a place that they didn't even dream possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was uh, uh, saying the company's name, you know, several years back. Uh, this is back before 2008, the big old market crash. Uh, in the mortgage industry, I did a lot of stuff with uh, mortgage companies, working in them, owns a couple, developed them. And I worked with a very large uh, subprime lender. And when I went into the company, uh, I was brought in to do some sales training and development. And so I was working with a couple of the uh, executives on the management team. And they just had a simple structure. You know, they had tons of calls coming in from leads and marketing being done all over the place. There was like 750 agents, um, but everybody was working individual. And what I did was I did it, uh, you know, an evaluation of the whole company, the structure the scripting uh, experience from start to finish for a client coming on board, you know, a prospect to client. And what I realized was, you know, everybody's not good at everything. And truthfully, you know, I, I'm really into mindset and psychology. So I understand how behavior works and how your mind works. And somebody who's a great salesperson is not commonly uh, also good at the operational side, doing all the work, plugging in the information, following up, getting the paperwork. That's where they fail. They're, they're charismatic and they're great on the phone at selling but then they don't do the work that needs to be done with paperwork. And I realized this is a hindrance. So I broke up the company into teams. They'd never done this before. And I said, every team was going to be 10 people, 10 to 20 people with one team lead. You're going to have an opener and a closer. The opener starts the call, tosses it to a closer. And then that opener is going to be the person that basically conducts all the operational side. Well, we did this. And within the first month, they grew by 20%. I, and I mean, after that, we went from people, yeah, people in there that were, you know, doing two, three, four, five loans a month, going up to like, you know, 15 to 20 uh, the following month. And so the company just grew incredibly. I mean, we probably doubled and tripled the size in the first six months. Because again, in those kind of situations, if everybody's doing what they do and doing what they're good at and that what they don't get frustrated, they're doing more of it. So if you get people that are operationally minded doing operational stuff and people that are, you know, sales minded doing sales stuff, then everybody's in their lane and that everybody benefits. Absolutely. You know, a big thing that I like to do, like one, one thing I'm proud of doing is I've worked on a very long time is trying to take, you know, big complex ideas and making them simple so that people can digest it and integrate it. Because, you know, how often do we learn something and don't use it when we need to? And so a big part of this is that, you know, I look at thinking in two ways. There is emotional thinking and there's objective thinking. The more emotion you are, the worse decisions you're making. It's not a good time to make them. Nobody ever says, I'm so ticked off. Let me sit down and write a business plan, right? <laughs> or I'm so sad. I'm going to write my goals. You got to get your head straight and get clear. And so like the example of that business there, everyone was in emotional thinking because the people on the phone would do a great job selling and then were frustrated because they had to go and get all this paperwork or frustrated because it was taking time away from selling something else. The people who didn't want to be on the phone were being pressured constantly. Where's your numbers? How are you doing? What's your sales? Get it up when they weren't good at that. And once you alleviated the stress of something you didn't want to be doing and put you right into your your into your your zone and your expertise, then the people soar. 
Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success. If there's someone out there that wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? Uh, just my name, brettballman.com, B-R-E-T-T-B-A-U-G-H-M-A-N.com. And if you search my name, pretty much find a bunch of stuff. Like I said, I'm trying to put gold bricks out there every day. So hopefully I can help people and they can find me easily. Well, thank you again for sharing your story, Brett. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Uh, thank you, Lee. Thanks for having me on and you as well. Love the show and wish you guys much continued success. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio.